Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to a very sad edition of the Demon Land podcast. Uh, my name is Andy, and back again this week, uh, Grapeviney. Good evening, Grapeviney. How are you? Grapeviney. I'm you all right, there? Andy. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Uh, did you fall asleep uh, there for a sec? <laughs> Um, uh, no, just getting a bit, a bit of a delay uh, some oh, of the time. Really? Okay. Well, we'll see if we can can't fix that up. Uh, Super Mercado, are you on delay? Oh, I don't think so. I'm still in delayed shock from uh, <laughs> the final three quarters of Sunday, but uh, I think audio-wise, uh, I'm, I'm good to go. Well, uh, how are you feeling? Um, because uh, reading your tweets, uh, sometimes you can you seem to be a, a little unhinged, a little uh, on edge. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling it. Can I say? Um, and can I can I give you a quick rundown of of why this game almost was worse than the Geelong game for me? Uh, by all means, uh, you, you have your platform. Uh, go for it. Well, thank you. Um, I know the circumstances were not as shattering in the defeat, and I, I know we never teased victory long enough. We teased it for about th- into about three minutes into the second quarter for the result to truly be heartbreaking in itself. Uh, but if I may indulge uh, a personal story, uh, just early this season, I, I accepted a new job, uh, which will very soon have me working uh, 24-7 shifts, 365 days a year Wow! Uh, from not long, not personally, but across 365 days a year. I'm not uh, in some kind of slave labor scheme. <laughs> um, so this starts pretty much right after footy season. So I have known full well from about round two this year that this is my last season for God knows how many years of watching every game, every practice game, even every AFLW game. It, it's the last season where I'm going to be able to arrange my life around football uh, and it's going to be back to the pre-2007 arrangement where my whole life got arranged around work. Um, this was literally the only hesitation I had in taking this fantastic job um, before family, before anything else. But I, I had to eventually decide to be an adult for once. I, I couldn't justify effectively t- costing myself thousands of dollars a year to, to watch footy. And now my problem is that I don't know if I'm going to have the same connection with the club that I do now. Um, I know there's other people all over the place who miss games all the time and they go on fine. They don't care. But I feel like I've put more psychological energy, if that's a thing, into this club since 2007 than pretty much anything other than my immediate family. Forget work, forget everything else. So it's very hard to come to terms uh, with the fact that in all of, in, in, you know, or for all intents and purposes, this era of my supporting life comes to an end at the end of this season, whatever it ends. Uh, and I think that's why I was going into this game and still am because we're not out of it yet. So desperate just to see any kind of final. Like, I know we're not going to win the flag, but I just have all this season just wanted some sort of validation for the, the 12 seasons of complete insanity I've put into this club. Um, the times where I have turned back work to, to go to games and, and lost money and you know, paid 30, I paid you know hundreds of dollars to watch round one this year because I could have been uh, working and got rewarded with this losing in a farcical circumstances. Um, and look, and I know life goes on around me, so it's not it's not all about me. But I'm the sort of person who goes all in on something like a hundred percent. So I'm really fearful that when slash if we do 
either make a final or pull off a deep run into September that is not going to mean as much to me as it would have now, last year, or even 2011 before we imploded on and off field. Um, so that's why this season has personally meant so much to me um, and it's why it's so, so deep inside me that it's going to be shattering if we miss out. Um, and I appreciate the, the platform you've given me this year to, uh, to come on and talk about it more because as well as the blog, it's, um, it's been very good to get it out because I know this sounds stupid, but I've just been so wound up this year about having to get something out of this year before I go off into the sunset and become a, a part-time fan again. But now, even if champion data still thinks we're an 85% chance of making the finals um, and they've somehow already factored in Port Adelaide losing to Essendon in the last game, I, I think we're going to miss out, which is just shattering. Um, and as much as a 120-point loss was a fitting end to the original Fisted Forever decade, um, dropping from fourth to ninth or possibly worse, and we could actually uh, ruin the ninth gags by finishing tenth still, um, in the last three weeks is pretty much going to be an, an apt way uh, to end my my quest for respectability uh, in these last last twelve seasons. So, I guess those of you who are involved at the heart of the Melbourne Football Club, I'm sure you're listening. Uh, <laughs> I implore you to please leave nothing in reserve for the next two weeks because if we miss these finals, I'm going to have a very hard time coping through the off season, knowing that next year. I'm going to be a at best 50-50 fan. Um, and there's going to be times where I'm not even going to be able to, to media band games. I'm literally going to have to either pull a sneaky radio maneuver or just put my hand up and just admit that someone's going to walk in and, and say a score. Uh, and I'm not going to be able to, to follow the game like I want to. So that's why this game, you know, the Geelong game was shattering in itself, but there was still a lot of buffer after that. Whereas this game, I just left thinking I was just so flat leaving this game because I knew that we're so close to the end and that was so crucial to win that game um, that it just really flattened me. I think my, uh, my spirit went, one, went to the left, my soul went to the right, and I'm just an uh, empty vessel of support for the next two weeks. So fingers crossed and let's hope that the uh, boys get the job done at least in a minor fashion. Well, it sounded like you were uh, breaking up with the Melbourne Football Club, the Demonland podcast, Twitter, your your blog, and everything all all at once. Then, um, well, it's it's not not with intention. Well, the blog will carry on. I'll be uh, those of you who have read it in the past. I'll be obviously uh, asking for guest reporters when I'll be unavailable to uh, to at least even see the game on delay. Uh, and I'm sure I'll be very much happy to uh, to appear again on your, your fine program next year, but it's going to be one of those situations where I'm either probably going to be working on a Wednesday night or I'm not going to have seen the game that you're going to talk about on a Wednesday night. So it's really hard to, uh, to come to terms with. So if anyone out there wants to do some, you know, pro bono sports psychology for me, I'd, uh, I'd be very much appreciative. Well, I, I look, I, I must say I didn't feel as flat uh, as I did a, in the Geelong game, but it's still painful, particularly when things was had had been sort of set up for us. Um, the North Melbourne loss uh, certainly helped us. Uh, and then to perform like we did, like I, I don't know, what is it? It, it, is it? Does it just come down to we can't kick straight? Is that is that all it is? Because we still performing 
in certain aspects of the game that that you know, well, if you look at the stats, we're, we're getting all these inside fifty. Is it just our execution of inside fifty and then converting to goals? Or are we just not good enough? Are we mentally weak? I think everything we do seems to be at about 120% speed. Um, whereas if you sit back and watch what Sydney were doing, they were just masterful in slowing the game down. Like th- If they'd got the first kick of the last quarter, they could have just chipped it around amongst themselves for the next half an hour and we probably wouldn't have got a touch. Um, and I think that's where... And it's funny because you look at their side and you half of them, you know, there's barely any premiership boards, probably half-half premiership players left. They sort of just seem to roll in these blokes no one's ever heard of um, and they just instantly click to the system, uh, whereas we don't do that. But I just think it was it, the difference of poise versus just just insanity. Like we were just, just going crazy trying to still play at 120% um, all the time and you just, can't, you just can't play like that all the time. You can play like that all the time when you're playing Gold Coast, but you can't do it against a good team. And look, how many times this year we've had Geelong twice, we've conceded big runs of goals, Port Adelaide, Collingwood, this game. We just can't play like that against good teams. And I really hope that even potentially with Hogan's um, absence, that maybe there's, there's a new plan. One of these gurus, our old, uh, our old mate Craig Jennings or someone's got some master plan they're going to uh, tear, press the emergency button and pull out. Uh, for the next couple of weeks because we just can't go on like that against good teams. We'll just get chopped up again. Well, how are we going to – we'll talk about later, but how are we going to stem that flow away in in West Coast and then coming back home against GWS, who I reckon are better than Sydney, and we'll see how they stack up against Sydney this week. But, hmm. They'll probably screw us and lose to Sydney and then still beat up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Greg Viney, um, your thoughts? Uh, I don't have a lot to say on the footy, Andy. Um, I actually wanted to come on and explain how to perform the Heimlich manoeuvre, okay. just in case you come across anyone who's joking. Uh, what, are because... you proficient in this, or sorry, are you proficient in the Heimlich manoeuvre? <laughs> I wish someone had been on the weekend because if you that's... are, there's a job for you. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what happened. Um, missed a few easy shots early. And then you could see the pressure written all over some of the players. And as Super Mercado said, we just don't have composure um, in those situations when we're under greater pressure. And we've seen it uh, in X amount of games this year. And how many times have we seen where we've dominated um, for large parts of the game and won the inside 50 count and had a reasonable number of uh, shots on goal uh, and yet haven't come away with the points. So um, it's we've got two weeks to, to break the duck, to break the hoodoo. Um, it's going to be more difficult than ever now with Jesse out. So, yeah, I, I, I must admit I lost faith on the weekend. Um, uh, it's the first time I've walked away and thought, no, I don't think we're going to do it now. Um I think it's just a bridge too far in Perth. Um, and I agree with you. I think GWS are probably the best of of the uh, of Sydney, West Coast, uh, uh, um, of the last three teams. So we're going to find it difficult in round 23. <sighs> well, that's certainly depressing. Um, cause Usually it's me depressing the show at the end. Well, 
we've, we've opened with depression then. We'll have to find something uplifting. Well, the, and... only, the, the only faith I've got is that uh, for Geelong 2015, Hawthorne 2016 and... Well, even West Coast last year. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and West Coast last year, I've gone into those games thinking we are absolutely no chance at all of winning and we've somehow managed to do it. So and all three uh, fingers, of them were fingers crossed they can do it again. All three of those games were when Hogan missed. Yep. Mm. Interesting. Which is not to say that he is the, uh, you know, that's the difference, but obviously it shows that it's not fatal for us. Um, but it's just, it's like, it's like trying to come back from five goals down in the last quarter, even though technically we're ahead. But now everything has to go right for us. Like there is, there's reasonable scenarios where we could, you know, not the, the GWS game might not even count. We could be out of it by the time that game starts. Like, you know, we're, we're sort of we're looking at the probable scenario for me is that that becomes a win and you're in game, and we all know how good we are at those. But there are very easy scenarios to factor in that will have us, even after this week, before the games next week even start being knocked out. But there are even more scenarios where the round 23, as it's played out towards us being the second last game, that we could. And I'll say show up because I hate to think what the crowd's going to be like if uh, we don't we're out by that last game. Um, that that it could be all for nothing, and, and we've just got, only got ourselves to blame. Mm. Well, we will talk about uh, later in the show all the possible scenarios. So uh, I I hadn't even in my own mind factored in that it's a possibility that um, that our game in the last round might not count. Um, that we could be out of it by then. I didn't even think that was a possibility. So uh, save that one for later. Stay tuned uh, to find out uh, why. Um, was there anything positive either of you can take away from the game? Uh, Neville Jetta's tackle on Lance Franklin. Yeah. One, one of the greatest tackles that I reckon I've ever seen a Melbourne player lay. Um, the issue being that about 30 seconds later, the ball was going back the other way for a Sydney goal. But at the time, that was one of the most courageous um, you know, and well-executed tackles that I've ever seen. Other than that, <laughs> <laughs> so nothing, nothing it was else. nice to see Vandenberg kick a couple of goals. Um, yeah, 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 that was. That was. I, I think one of the things I think that, that signalled the um, sort of – the turnaround or, or when we, we had a chance, I think, to, to really put a nail uh, in their coffin, forget the all the missing, but there was one, Christian Protracker took a mark on the 50-metre line in the second quarter, I think it was, and he gave a yep. dinky little handball off to, um, to Oliver, who had a dinky kick in. I don't know why Protracker didn't take the mark and go back and, and try and have a yep. shot. Um, Spot a con- on. Confidence. It was interesting enough. I know we're going to talk about uh, Alan Jakovic a bit later, yep. but on the front bar he, he was talking about he wishes he'd see Jesse be more hungry for goal um, and not be so unselfish and not think of the team all the time. Um, but it's the same for Petraka. You want to see players uh, go back and take the, you know, take the moment um, in their hands. Uh, sharing it around can go too fast sometimes, and that was a but perfect I- instance of it. 
ironically, in the first quarter, there was a moment where he took a mark on the 50 and could have just hit a handball to Gull to almost walk into an open goal, and he didn't do it. Um, so it's really – it's just decision-making at the right time. And, and henceforth, Garlett then, I think, failed to have a kick for the next – till about five minutes into the last quarter when he kicked that goal. Um, yep. it's, it's just the decision-making. It's just – it's we know it's a better team than two years ago. Like, there's, there's no doubt about that. But at the same time, it is like watching them play two years ago because there's just still no poise. Now we've got more poise against – the crap teams, St Kilda game aside, where we can just dominate them, but we still have not learnt poise against good sides. And the offensive thing about that is you look at you know, even 2014, I think it was, we beat a couple of top eight teams. Um, yep. And I'm sure 2015, 2016, we beat top eight teams. But the problem was we were then dumping games against mm-hmm. middle range and, and rubbish teams as well. Whereas, again, other than the St Kilda debacle, which if we'd won that, we'd still be very much in, in the running for at least a top eight spot, if not a top four spot. We've got that right now. But against good teams, we just get smashed. And it's it's bring back that stat from the start of the year about runs of goals against us. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just the... You know, not just the good teams who do it, but they're the teams that it's not as easy to get back against. And it's just ridiculous how many times that we, you know, have to launch these desperate dig-out-of-a-hole comebacks. And it's been going on for years. Um, I've got a stat somewhere of all the times we've gone at least four goals down in a game and got it back to a, within a goal, uh, which this game doesn't even count in because we didn't get it back yeah. to within a goal. But it's like last year, there was about five weeks where I think we did it four times. Yeah, we won in the middle of the season. It's just you're just waiting for the penny. To, the penny's kind of dropped on the the play because we get the ball in there. You know, the defense has been undermanned, but they've stayed okay. But it's just they're still playing like a little league team, um, just all trying to run forward on mass. Three guys running to one player. Everyone trying to just get the ball forward uh, and it just lacks that poise we weren't clean with our uh, with our disposal either we had a number of players who had a lot of clangers um it's it's not good enough uh, for a team that's uh wants to play finals yeah, exactly and the thing is with sydney like if they get the ball and they keep it for five minutes that's one thing but when you get the ball you can't just then go and turn it over straight away uh, I was quite disappointed with our small man brigade, our forwards, small forwards. Uh, you know, we said with Jeffy, didn't get much of a touch. Um, Spargo did do much. Um, I don't know. It's. Uh, I thought had a terrible game. He did. He he had a number of clangers as well. Um, I thought our backline performed well. Uh, Frosty yep. did a, a good job on, on Buddy. I mean, it's hard to keep Buddy down. He's such a, a good player. Um, uh, McDonald was good. They just showed one of one of Buddy's goals on uh, on three sixty, <clears throat> and it went sixty five meters. You know, well, you're coming up against a player who can kick a goal from sixty five meters out. Yeah. It's incredible. But I think at times, do we have any players that can sort of launch launch that? Because sometimes some of our kicks, are, uh, we've got no penetration in them. 
I, I, I don't trust anyone outside 50. Uh, from a standing start, there's a few that can um, smash him on the run. You know, a Christian Salem, if he gets it on the run outside 50, he, he'll be you know, a chance to dob it. But set shot wise. But, yeah, I mean, why even, well. why even, yeah, why have to rely on that? You know what I mean? Like, it's good if you've got it. But, you know, I'm a massive Tom McDonald fan. But when was the last time he led at the ball? He. <laughs> You know, at last year, earlier this year, in the middle of the year, he was just running straight at the ball when it was coming in. Now it seems that he's sort of holding back and waiting for the ball to be kicked to him. Like, what has changed? Well, the, is it that the structure's been worked out or that they are doing something different? Well, we just bomb it in anyway. Maybe that's just what he's expecting. He just knows that's where it's, yeah, he knows that's his best chance. And, and watch out, like, uh, Tom McDonald can take those marks, and I thought Jesse could, but he, he's not. And, uh, I mean... It's not his fault. The ball's just being bombed in, uh, including the uh, mark of the year that will be. Yes. We'll be reminded of this game. It'll be like Howe's mark of the year all over again, where you have to be reminded of a really shit game <laughs> every time they play it. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure Isaac Heaney will be sending Cameron Pedersen a, a cut of whatever he gets as the prize <laughs> after Pedo set up the mark of the year with one of the possibly the worst forward entry kicks of all time. We got a feel for Pedro because I think uh, you know people have been sort of screaming all year maybe to get him in you know feeling bad uh, and I think each time he's come in um, he's sort of yeah I, I don't think he was that bad like I don't, yeah. overall I don't think he played that bad but that was just a, a moment of again zero poise <laughs> yeah James Harms is good. Yeah, Harmsy's had a, a good couple of weeks. Uh, you know, he did a good uh, fair, fair job. Uh, you know. He was manning Kennedy, I, I, I think, and, uh, you know, to get 26 possessions himself, I thought he did all right. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I found it hard to, to hand out votes for this one, I must say. Um, I thought I, I had Brayshaw, Harm, Salem, Frost as the top four. Um, but pff, I don't, they all sort of, if, if it was one of those voting systems where you were just giving 12 players a number of, a certain number of points in total, you probably would have given 12 different players one vote. <laughs> Uh, rather than giving you know someone five four three two one or three two one, because uh, I really didn't think that uh, yeah they were up to they were much chop. Um, you know there was a few players like Vandenberg was he kicked the goals he presented, but you know was he the man to to keep the the number one intercept player in the competition accountable when we all knew exactly what was going to happen that we were going to boot the ball down his throat. Um, I thought Tyson was okay again, um, had a few moments, but. That's that's Tyson for you. Um, you know, Tom McDonald was okay. Oscar McDonald was okay. But it was just a flat performance. And I, and I don't know. I thought Gorn, if he's 100% fit, I'll go he. Like, that's – there is no way. I'm not buying this. Oh, he pulled up sore after the Gold Coast game thing. Any more than I'm buying Hogan just hurt his foot. Um, I reckon Gorn is pretty much exhausted. Yeah, you, he, I was just about to say, Gorn, has, there has to be something up. He just did, we didn't have that presence around the ground, which we've seen him do, you know, for the 19 weeks uh, prior to this. Um, something, Something's up, but we can't afford not to play him in these last two. Okay. How, no, oh, yeah, know, exactly. We missed injured him. Injured or not, unless yeah, he's If we rested him against Gold Coast, you know, maybe it, was gonna, yeah. it would have been tempting fate. Um, but at the same time, yeah, we've left it too late now. Now he's got to play, and there's no one – you can't even 
bring a, another Ruckman in and, you know, park him in the centre and then park Max at full forward or something. Like, it just It's too late for that. And the one thing he did do, like Max Gorn on the weekend, was the taps. Yeah. There was a couple of ripper taps. Um, but we just need that almost the extra centre-half back and the extra centre-half forward that he provides when he floats down there to, to take marks. Yeah, he, well, he apps, you know, he's uh, an absolute star. But uh, uh, there's there's got to be something up with, with him. Um can we play on the MCGs? Is is the MCG an issue for us? Well, we definitely prefer the smaller grounds or the narrower grounds. Um, and it would seem at the moment, yeah, it probably is a bit of a problem. What's what, our record there this year? It's not very good, is it? Uh, well, we, we've waffled years. a few crap teams. You'll forget the, forget the Gold Coast. But we've uh, been cut up by the good teams. Yeah. I think that's and what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that is it that is pace the problem? Um, do we play it too wide? I, I, I don't know. Oh, I definitely have some concerns over pace, I must say, and defensive pressure. Oh, def- um, defensive pressure for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in the forward line, like, yeah, it's... it's um, there was no defensive pressure. It's non-existent. Nah. And that's where you let Sydney get the start the chain where they have 15 passes before the ball goes into the 50 uh, because they just bang it straight out of defence, you know, first time every time. Every time they got out of defence, they've just found a man all the way up the line. There was a free man, a free man, a free man, someone running into a free spot. But every time we got the ball, we were either tackled straight away or we fluffed a kick or a handball so, you know, because of the pressure. They seem to have no pressure when we, you know, they were streaming down the field. But every time we got the ball, we were under immense pressure, and yeah. that's a problem, especially against the good teams. You know, sure we we able to, we've been able to beat the Carltons and the um, and the Suns by big margins, and other teams haven't, mind you. Um, so we've got that down pat, but not. Yeah, we can't. Which only takes you so far, and, and but the, and then again, it doesn't leave any margin of error. Like if we'd beaten St Kilda, if we'd so then if we'd won every game we were supposed to win, plus the the two Adelaides, which you might not have had at the start of the year, yeah. factored in, we'd be fine. Now uh, we'd still be we'd be a ninety five percent chance of making the eight instead of this bizarre eighty five percent that uh, Champion Data are going with. How are they getting? I'm I'm baffled. I saw there's there's a thread on Demon Land uh, that um, uh, champion data must be high because uh, where are they getting that that st- how are they arriving at that statistic? Is that just based on our uh, you know our our great inside fifty stats? I think it's they run you know however many scenarios and then in eighty five percent of them we make the eight. That's my understanding of how it's done. So purely, it's not exactly. Purely it's, based there's on some science behind it, but <laughs> it's um, yeah. Who knows? But if the other, how easily the other fifteen knock us out. So I hope they're right. Uh, it's, it's a bit like the uh, uh, the players' comfort meter in the old cricket pitch <laughs> um, reports from Tony Gregg. They just arrive at a number and you. Mysterious. You have no way of knowing how they've arrived at it or whether it's high. Yeah, but or you low. go, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good for the yeah. players. Um, players' comfort level of twenty-one. <laughs> yeah, great. They'll feel good about that. 
I'm just looking at some of the the stats that I the, they just put on on they put on Twitter uh, not long ago. Um, and if it's a co-op here, um, likelihood of oh, this is the likelihood of um, missing finals if going win, winless, and we're eighty-one percent chance of missing the finals going winless. I can't believe uh, we're nineteen percent <laughs> chance of making it. <laughs> and then uh, this is the bizarre one in their simulations. So, however, that's done. Their eventual premiers, um, we're at nine percent. Uh, I'll just at Richmond thirty two percent, GWS sixteen, Collingwood fourteen, then us at nine, then West Coast and Hawthorne on eight percent, and Geelong on seven, and Sydney on six. How are we above those teams? Yeah, they must be factoring in West Coast being crap at the MCG, but they did beat Collingwood there not long ago. So, mm. yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Bizarre. Um, so the MCG. Um, can we ask the AFL, um, can we ask for our final round be moved to Etihad Stadium? Well, we've played them there in the last round before. Yes. Uh, and, and me and 8,000 of my closest friends enjoyed a, uh, a very exciting victory. So I'd be up for it. Um, Jesse had a good day that day. Yes, he yep. did. I think uh, Harmsy did as well. I think he kicked three goals uh, that day. Um there is there any any thoughts in your mind, guys? Uh, the camp having any bearing on uh, this form, the 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 infamous camp? No, the, no. Well, it didn't stop us choking last year <laughs> no. when we when Christian Salem had bricks dropping on his head. So I don't see yeah where the, where it factors in this year. I mean, are you know uh, are we mentally weak? Is is that what it comes down to, or is it uh, as you said? Talking about before, just the you know, we're too hurried. Uh, well, I don't think we're uh, mentally weak because we, uh, um, as we pointed out, we did win games against top eight sides last year and the year yeah, before that, year. and even going going all the way back to the early ruse years. So, um, no, we just uh, you know, we're the almost team at the moment, everything is almost absolutely perfect, but. The piece that's missing is uh, the composure piece is, is a difficult one to slot in. No, yeah, and I think I think it's a bit harsh to put on the, the mental, like just to make a blanket statement about being mentally weak when two weeks ago we were all praising the, yeah. the ballsy performance against Adelaide in the last quarter when we were uh, falling to pieces and held on to win through a lot of guts um, in the team. So, look, I, I don't think mentally weak, but perhaps not mentally strong. And I know that sounds a bit weird, but it, it, we might just be in the middle. It might be the difference yeah. between having a Max Gorn Ruckman and a Jake Spencer Ruckman. We're not there's, we're doing what we need to do to, for a baseline, but we, we're not we're not elite in it that is what we need at the moment. Um, and we just need to, to stop conceding these massive runs of goals. Um, and you just you have to question the leadership. Um, on the ground, and I see in the chat room a comment saying, "Yeah, Jones has been terrible." Yes, he was. He absolutely was terrible in that game. Um, and, and I love Nathan Jones, and I, he's had his peaks and troughs this year, where he's—I think he's still a very much a useful player. Uh, but you just got to ask, like, where's the on-field leadership? Um, what's your What's your Jordan Lewis doing? What's your Jones doing? Yeah, who's who's grabbing the guys by the by the you know scruff of the neck and saying, you know, we don't concede this next goal. 
at the same time, who's uh, apart from Viney, who else is gonna gonna bring that? This is not a you know Chris Judd parachutes into Carlton style scenario on the cards. We're gonna have to make do with what we've got. Um, but I reckon that's a massive issue with us at the moment, the on-field leadership. Well, it's been it's been there all year, the not being able to stem those goals. So um, uh, someone's got to fix something up very quickly because um, yeah, uh, we've got a caller on the line. Uh, hello, you're on the air. Yeah, good day, it's Bin Man. Good day, Bin Man. How are you going? Good, thanks. I uh, I felt compelled to join in the. Um the angst fest. But by all means, we, we enjoy uh, an extra voice uh, to this cry fest. Well, I just uh, it was good timing in terms of that that, that um, the, the discussion about whether we're mentally weak or choking or um, uh, and I posted on Demonland something I've been thinking for a while today. Um, well, I posted today something I've been thinking for years actually. We've just got really poor kicks in our side, and we have done for years uh, and years, decades. Yeah, probably the late nineties. We've had terrible kicks, um, and under pressure, poor technique collapses every time. And I think we saw it on Saturday. The wind was up. Um, it was really swirly at the G. I'm not sure if you guys were there. I certainly yep. was, and it was one of those days where at the G, since the the um, stands have been circular, it really swirls around. Um, and we were struggling with it. And but they weren't. When it rained, they weren't because they've got good technical t- uh, kicks. Yeah. I posted today, Kennedy, I was sitting behind Kennedy's shot um, in, I think, the second quarter. Uh, we were struggling from 30 metres, yeah. and from about 45 metres on an angle, he kicked it, and it never looked like missing. Yeah. And, it, you know, you could argue maybe he's mentally strong, he's experienced, he's been been there and done that, but... I would also argue that perhaps that's true, but he's got perfect technique and it never deviated. It arced at the point and went straight through. Whereas you've got Jesse, who's got his little skip and run. You've got T-Mac even, who he keeps, he's got this new habit of looking up to the wind, up to the flags that he seems yeah, to... Yeah, I uh, saw that. Um, oh, I thought he was looking at the countdown uh, clock. No, I think he was looking at the flags. Yeah. Mm, he may no, have he did that, And he did that last week and he seems to have got the yips ever since. I don't know, halfway through the Suns game, he's got the hips. And really, I, I, as I posted on Demonland today, I think we've got maybe 10, 11 above average kicks and only two or three of them could be considered a, elite kicks. And you just can't win footy games with that. I mean, under pressure, that's what folds technique. And, you know, it could be argued that it's mentally weak, but, you know, in, I, I use the analogy of golf swings. And under pressure, golf swings that are poor collapse. Um, and I think that's what we've seen for Melbourne. We really haven't had a good kicking side, I would say, since Danaher coached the side. It was interesting that uh, Jesse on the weekend, uh, earlier in the year, his run-up was actually a lot more fluid, and he still had a little bit of a skip, but um, come back he, in. he was pretty smooth coming through. And yet on the weekend, it was a stutter like I've never seen before. You just sort of think, how can the technique change so much? Um, and is it a confidence issue only? Um, and why, you know, if he's got a technique that was working, why wouldn't you just be doing the same kick every single time? And I felt like he was running back well, even think so. further than he normally does. Yeah. Go ahead, Bibi. Well, man. I think the answer to that, Greg Viney, is that like he's had a poor technique for a long time, and under pressure, you fold back to what you know. And yep. he's only had a good technique for a very short period of time. And so under pressure, he's almost always going to go back to his poor te- technique, which is the stuttering. 
Um, and we just have so many. I mean, that the statistic that they put up on um, um, Footy Classified, I thought, was an excellent statistic. It was I had not seen it before. The um, our record, our accuracy against the top nine sides, I think it was. It was chalk and cheese against the. We're number two in the league against the bottom nine sides, I think it was, and we're like number seventeen against the top nine sides. And for me, that's not. That's about technique. Can I ask, was that set shots or was that just total scores? I think it was set shots from a from accuracy from set shots, but I could well, be wrong. Yeah. I mean, that that is a problem. Mm, I think huge. if it was total scores, you got to factor in that against crap teams, we be, seem to be able to just walk them in from 10 metres out yeah. like we did against Gold Coast, whereas how many goals in this game here did we kick from, you know, a few metres out dead in front? Not many, no. um, and even the shots no, but, so were just panic shots from distance. But against that, we had a lot of set shots from the corridor. I mean, yeah. like that, yeah. that is normally true, but not in that game. We In that first quarter and halfway through the second quarter, we had a lot of our shots were direct, really directly in front. 30, um, 30 metres out, yep. Geelong beat us in the last quarter. I think they, they scored eight goals straight or yep. seven goals straight. Yeah. Sydney uh, kicked six one or six two in that second quarter. Uh, Richmond did something similar in that game earlier on. Um, you know, and and you could say that's mental strength. I'd argue that sort of good technique would would help your ability to replicate under pressure. But it, uh, it's our biggest failure. I mean, we do it time in, but it's not just the missed shots that frustrate me. On Saturday, it's those dump kicks into the fifty or the broken chains of goals or the. You know, the scoring chains that get disrupted because someone misses a 30-metre kick. Um, and as you said, um, Super Mercado, it's a good point. Our decision-making is is at times terrible. Yeah. I mean, there was one where Garlett was running back to goal with about three defenders against him, and they still kicked it to him. Now, A, why are you running back towards goal? B, where's the second option? And C, why just kick it to him anyway? I guess the C is that if you literally had nothing else and you weren't going to kick the goal you may as well kick it to the contest and hope for the best. But it's just, I don't know, like, I don't want to, you know, hang it on assistant coaches and stuff like that, but what are these forward coaches doing? What are these strategy people doing? It's the same stuff that has killed us for not only this year, but on and off for the last couple of years as well. It's like the same thing, and I saw this again on the weekend because now I'm tuned into it. It's the three players going to one guy carrying the ball and then that guy just handballing it to a free teammate and push, off they go. Like, How can you not see that if you're a, a – you know, they must watch these games over and over and over again. I don't understand how that's not addressed. Like, players not shepherding has been one of my bugbears for ages, but there is an argument that you want to be in the next in the line to get the ball, so you don't want to take yourself out of it by shepherding. So I will – argue that but i can see where people are coming from but i don't see where the tactical benefit of one player coming from someone at behind one from the side and one from the front works it just baffles me every time and the other thing that i i think it's overlooked a lot is the kicking to advantage of a forward there was one just perfect example where a lear lear was up against Vandenberg. I think it maybe it was in the second quarter. It was a really critical um, time. And the ball was kicked on top of both of their heads. 
Um, and so if Vandenberg, you know, it was a, a legitimate 50-50 ball um, and, and all credit to O'Leary, he won the contest. But a good kick would have made it impossible for O'Leary to win that contest. All they needed to do was put it 10 metres to Vandenberg's left and he would have been able to hold O'Leary off and take the mark 40 metres out. But yeah, it was, like, put it it was it like the first time O'Leary had ever played a game. We just walked straight into that trap. Oh, the yep. amount of times we actually even just kicked to him was uh, ridiculous. And he actually gifted us a couple by, we got a couple of goals by him flying for intercepts yes. that he, he should have absolutely nailed and flubbing them. So, you know, you, you factor that in, take two goals off our score if, he, if he'd got those right. You know, we're just, yeah, I, I just can't believe that we fell for that trap. I think we all saw it coming a mile away. Um, when I, I knew I did when I saw the stats saying he'd been the best intercept mark in the comp for the last six weeks or whatever it was. It was like, well, Christ, here we go. We're just going to do exactly the same thing. You put Vandenberg on him who tried his guts out, kicked three goals, but he's not jumping high into contests. He's not competing no. in that marking contest with a Lira Lear. Who is? Maybe McDonald might have been. You know, it's just, uh, it's just hard to, to comprehend from an outside perspective how what seems to be us getting it so wrong. Um, but I'm sure there would be someone from the inside would, would try and point out that it was the Swans getting it right, but I'm not buying it. I reckon it was we got it wrong. And a huge issue, I thought, was, I mean, it was always going to come back to hurt us, but Hibbard coming out of that side meant that um, Fritches had to play back and Fritches, he can't, can't be in two places at once and he's our best kick. Yeah. And you take him back to the half-back line because he is our best kick and he reads the ball well and he can intercept, uh, well he's not going to be slotting goals from 40 because he's not at the end of it and so who's up there I mean Jesse Hogan he's, um, he's lost his confidence with his run up as you said uh, and T-Mac has got the yips um, and we're not getting it to their advantage in any case so um, you know at least for each if he has those kicks from 40 metres he's just about the player I'd be most confident with the ball in hand kicking from 40 metres even more so than T-Mac in the last few weeks. So, you know, it doesn't it doesn't um, augur well for, you know, high-pressure games in finals where you've got to kick a goal to win a game. Got to make Milksham's the finals the first. One. <laughs> Milksham's the one also we need back at uh, around half-forward, kicking into yep. the 50. Oh, absolutely. No doubt we'll, we're a much better team with Hibbert and Milksham in the team. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, uh, Bin Man, anything else? Uh, no, just that I still think we'll make it. I think we'll win this week, but I'm an internal optimist, as, um, which is probably an antidote to the um, to the angst. But uh, I think we'll win, and, and look, I hate to say it, but I think that it might be helpful for Jesse not to play this week, only in the sense that I'm really hope, hoping that they will bring Wiedemann in and that he grasps the nettle, so to speak, and... Um, and, you know, he leads at the ball and jumps at the ball. It's something that Jesse Hogan hasn't done in the last, I don't know, month, and maybe it is something to do with his foot, but he just has not been impacting on the pack. Um, the only, the final thing I'll say is I'm super, super disappointed in Garlet's game. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of um, couple of cases where he just didn't straight line the ball, and he was really disappointing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um Anything else? No? No, I'll sign off. Thanks. Oh, all I'll right. listen to the rest. Thank you very much. Uh, you, man. Thanks, thanks, mate. Thanks. Um, Bye. 
if you want to uh, give a call uh, just like that, uh, 03 90163 666. That's 03 90163 666. Or you can Skype us, uh, Demon Land 31. Um, Gary Lyon um, made a point saying we're in the, in the eight by default, um, obviously meaning... Basically, we haven't beaten any of the top eight teams or the top nine teams. Um, obviously, we can't beat ourselves. Uh, it's it's an issue, uh, huge, massive issue. Um, whether you say we're in the finals or in the final eight or in the eight by default, uh, whatever, that's the way the draw is. But we haven't beaten. It's if we don't. Well, obviously, if we don't win these two games, either or, we're not in. Um, Unless Port Adelaide lose their next two games, yeah. just 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 keep the the nine percent theory, and that's when we'll be in the finals by default. If that happens, yeah. Um, but extremely disappointing this uh, the year to date that we haven't been able to to take any scalps, and I'm not even counting Adelaide in the uh, in that scalp factor given the year yep. they've had. So uh, for me, that's that's a, dis- that's a fail. Um, very disappointing. I-, I love the fact that we were able to start beating those bottom four teams, bottom six teams, all the teams uh, just out of the eight, well, with the exception of Geelong. Um, and, you know, Geelong were a kick in it. Uh, Port Adelaide a kick or so in it. Sydney even a kick or so in it. But disappointing for me. Um, yep. Casey, um, poor Casey, uh, they've got players dropping like flies uh, out of the Melbourne team. Um, you know, going, you know, our, our players getting injured and then we've got to, um, play them in the, in, in the, in the ones, in our, our ones. So Casey has no one, no one left. They've got to finish on top of the ladder and might go out in straight sets. Uh, did well, that's, it? That's nothing new for Casey. No, it's happened happened before. Um, it, either of you watch uh, the Casey game this week? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I just saw some uh, some text updates on it. I saw they had to dig themselves out of a, a pretty reasonable hole against Sandringham, who uh, I believe not particularly good no. this season. Um, but like you say, when when we're pinching all their players, and even now we we gave them Bernie Vince, who's done for the year. We gave them. We took out Hunt. They're not getting him back because he's injured. Um, there's every likelihood that, you know, someone like Kent might be in the mix even just to travel with the team this week. And we, uh, wait a minute. It's going to be hard, but I guess they'll get a couple of players back. Yeah, they'll probably... Finals. Like, they'll get Pedersen back. Yeah. He'll play. I don't think Spargo, I reckon he's cooked physically. So I, I, don't, I wouldn't bother rolling him back in for another three or four games at the end of the year. Um, but I think certainly Pedersen, certainly Jay Kennedy Harris, 100% will go back and, and play finals at Casey. Um, so they, they should get a few back, um, and they've done enough now that, I don't know, I'm assuming that their double chance is confirmed by this point um, that I think they can still have a decent crack at it. Um, yeah, but you would assume that Wiedemann's going to come out this week, but uh, Pedersen might go back in. Um, I'm just going on, uh, you know, with Jesse out, Wiedemann's got to come in. Um, but or, or you throw Pedersen forward. Yeah. But 
don't know, is it is it time for is it time for wacky moves, or is it time to just do be conservative? Um, I saw someone the other day saying, you know, just just pick all smalls to go around McDonald, and it's like yeah, it could work, but when it doesn't, you know, Simon Goodwin's going to be uh, crucified for it. So I can't see them doing anything too wacky. Yeah. Um, I guess now is a good time to any to talk about changes. Obviously, Jesse comes out. Uh, Hunt goes out. Um, Weed in for you? Great Uh For me, yes, definitely the weed. Um, now's the time. So... Uh, I mean, it just structurally, I think we need him. Um, I haven't been impressed with Pedersen this year and didn't come into the year thinking uh, thinking he was the man anyway. Um, uh, would have all, you know, preferred Wiedemann to Pedersen in every instance this year, but uh, uh, can we expect that both Hibbert and Melksham are both definitely back this week? Yep. They say that they're available. Um, there was an article earlier in the week with them training. Uh, I, I think we almost have to have to play them. And yeah. is Josh Kennedy playing? No. That, I don't think I, so. I think that it's still up like in that. the air. There was some talk right. about it being a chance. Um, but surely with what they've got locked away, like obviously they want the, the home final. Yeah, the They'll home be desperate final. for the home final. But... They wouldn't want to. Um, yeah, they wouldn't want to do a Melbourne and rush him back too quickly and have him miss the rest of the season. Um, just when we're while we're talking injuries, um, the spate of foot injuries. Uh, is there any link, uh, common link to all these foot injuries, or it's just bad luck? Because we've had a number of them uh, over the over the year yeah, and haven't you years. haven't you seen the expert opinions on demon land well they're, they're from a so range cool. <laughs> of uh, a range of foot specialists it's everything <laughs> and from turf playing specialists in, well, playing in darwin i i know that well i i don't know if you can <laughs> blame ping it on uh, darwin but I, I have seen people blame the surface of gosh's paddock and i i don't know if, if it's a hard surface or not um there'll be someone down there with a penetrometer <laughs> yeah Dr. Turf style, sticking it into the ground at Amy Park this week and coming back with the readings and letting us know uh, if it is considered a hard surface or not. And give us a player's comfort rating at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there have been a lot of foot injuries. Um, uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's hope that it's not uh, the training It's moving service. up from the toe now. Yeah. Started so... at the toe, now it's into the middle of the foot. See, Next we... stop the ankle. <laughs> yes. We were talking about um, you know, amputations of toes preemptively, but um, I don't think we can. Well, I, don't, I think when you start going up the leg, it's going to do more harm than good. Rebuild them, Robocop. George, George on the outer just saying in the chat room that Kennedy's out until finals, so we That's don't have start. to worry about him until week one when we travel back over to WA. So who is there? That will be the ultimate piss take. If if that, if I wait all that bloody time for a final and then we uh, have to go to WA, uh, that would mean we'd finish. That means we finish third. So yeah, <laughs> I'll go. Think, yeah. I'll, I will buy some rinky dink tie. I'll go on a bloody Panamanian cargo ship if I have to, but I'll be there for that. Well, uh, I'm flying over to Perth uh, this week, and I tell you what, it's not cheap, so you might have to take a cargo ship uh, over there. Um, 
Uh, so, yeah, if Milk and Hibbard come in, who uh, obviously hunts out, so Hibbard for, for Hunt, uh, Melksham, who goes out? Do one of the small brigade go out? Oh, I think Spargo, 100%. Oh, I reckon he's cooked. Um, he's had a decent start to his career, but I reckon now just pack him away for the year. Um, and look, originally I had Kent in as well, which might have been overkill. Um, but now having to replace Hogan as well, um, I think I might might leave him out. Um, I, I'm not as I, – I feel the an affinity with the it's time factor for Wiedemann, um, but I also – have an affinity with the fact that he gets about seven touches a game. Well, I can see um, that happening. And I'd much rather Tim Smith um, in that case, although I'm told he was kicking like he had a wooden leg in the um, in the twos last oh, week. Okay. <laughs> well, look, uh, look, Spargo, I agree, probably does look cooked, but he's exceeded all expectations this year. Absolutely, uh, yeah. It's with, with complete respect that yeah. I say that. Yeah. He, but he's young, you know, <clears throat> go put the feet up. I don't think carting him to the other side of the country... Um, where he could barely kick 40 metres, uh, is going to end yeah. well for us. Yeah. Uh, do you, a possibility, you mentioned Kent, is there a possibility they could drop uh, Spargo and uh, Garlett and bring in sort of either uh, Milksham and Kent or Milksham and Hannon? Um, yep. Go the, go the two. Very the, real prospect. Yeah. I'd say Garlett would be lucky just for... The fact, just the fact that it's such an important game, it's like, how much do we trust him mm. to show up? Um, look, I didn't think Candy Harris was that great, um, but again, how many changes am I going to make? That's yeah, the thing. Like, it's yeah. just, I don't want to go crazy on the squad and just start pretty much plucking anyone at Casey who's fit, which is not many of them, <laughs> um, and putting them into the side. So the question is, if we bring Smith, Wiedemann in for, for Hogan, what happens to Pedersen? Yeah. Um, do we need that extra tall down back against the Eagles? Um, well, they got Dar- well, who they got down back? They got Darling. Uh, and then you got your, your Nathan Vardy Nathan. type sort of random appearances. Lacroix. I mean, without Kennedy and, you know, a, a randomly appearing Nick Nat, yeah. um, it's not exactly a terrifying defence. So he might not be he might not be required, but then the question is who are you bring in to replace him? Does does almost uh, you know Hibbard come in for him? Oh, well, I guess Hibbard's coming in for Hunt. So yeah, is there another defender we need somewhere? Because we haven't got many now that Vince is out as well. Um, yeah, it's 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 a tough one, um, but I think a hundred percent Melksham and Hibbard are coming in. And 100% we know Hunt and Hogan are going out. Hmm. Um, and I think Spargo definitely as well. All right. Be interesting selection uh, table uh, this week. If you want to join the conversation, 039016 uh, 039016 or DMLAN31 on Skype. Um, how good was it to see Alan Jakovic uh, back in the limelight uh, this week and yeah, you read Twitter, uh, anything online. Uh, people absolutely love the guy. Um, the front bar team were fawning over him uh, to the point they where were they were fawning over him so much that they yeah. mucked it up, didn't they? They, to, to, I was going to say, to the point where they wouldn't let him get out a story. 
Um, so if you do want to hear Alan Jakovic stories, go to DeanLand.com, find it. The interview, you'll find it on the front page. Um, he pulled the highlights were good though, weren't they? Oh, how good was seeing some of the highlights. There was one, and have, do you, we all know the scissor kick, the famous one, but do you remember the other scissor kick that they, they showed I on did the when one I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Completely had gone but, out of my memory, but uh, that was beautiful. The one I'd forgotten on. two things. One, how good he was on the snap from you know forty meters out, um, or on the turn, and how good he was on his left as well. There um, was that one against Collingwood on the boundary, so that snap. On yeah, the left, yeah, I mean that kind of stuff was just sensational. Then all those uh, in the third series of highlights that they showed where most of his kicks were on the run from the boundary line. Yeah. And he just – he had this incredible kicking style where his his boot just went straight and he put all his energy behind it and kicked as hard as he can. And it looked like some of the kicks travelled um, sort of um, in a funny way through the air, but they all hit the target. I um, think what, what those highlights showed me, you talked about the snaps – where is that in our team at the moment? I was going to say... Not to go back to the misery we, fest, we, but how many times do they just drop it in the lap of a guy standing 40. on his own in the square? You know, I, I remember, I'm sure not everyone has um, watched the 1998 Hotter Than Hell video as many times as I have, but there's a David Schwartz one against North Melbourne in round two that year where he just basically kicks the cover off the ball from about 40 metres out on the boundary in a snap. If that was these days, he'd either, he'd either get hung for missing... Or he'd try a dinky pass, or he'd just kick it, chip it to a bloke standing on his own in the square. Like, we may as well hire Jacko as our bloody forward coach. Um, I was, the way those highlights were going. I was going to say, while we're talking about it, we've got no penetration in our kicks, particularly those snaps. Every single yep. one of them goes to the goal line. None of them go yep. through post height, you know, half the post height. Uh, Clary uh, did a snap the other day, and I've seen him snap from 40 out and, and go through. Uh, have they lost penetration in their kicking? I don't know what's happened. And this one landed, you know, I think it went through a point, but it went through sort of almost, you know, shoulder height. It's like we're, we play apologetically. Like everything we do, it's like, oh, they try and handball it 27 times to a guy running into goal. And it's like everyone doesn't want to be the person, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not greedy and all that. And there's so many, you just want to eventually have a bloody shot, especially last week. We we're missing everything else. Just have the shot. And then you got like, there was a second quarter. I can't remember if it was before or after that obvious deliberate in the forward pocket that where we should have had another shot. But Tyson got it 50 out and he, he thought about, seven different options before eventually he just went, oh, bugger it, and just had a shot. Whereas I don't think anyone would have hung him if he'd just had the shot straight away yeah. instead of thinking he was going to find options in a all-over-the-place all forward line. Um, yeah, It's just, like I said, we just play like we're embarrassed almost, that we're <laughs> embarrassed to be good. And once again, we got off uh, talking about <laughs> Alan Chakovich uh, to go back to the depression uh, session. Uh, did, did you guys see his uh, <laughs> halftime interview with Robbo? With Russell Robertson? I, I didn't actually see it at halftime. I, God knows how I missed it, but I saw it when they posted it on Twitter. Uh, I reckon we should have just conceded the second half and just uh, had, had an hour of chat with Jacko and Mrs. Jacko. <laughs> well, I. I um... I, I just I actually just watched that uh, today, um, 
it's great that he still loves. He seems seems to still love the love the D's, which is really good. Um, you know, he said that when we interviewed him, but uh, you got a feeling that he really uh, did uh, did love the D still, and it's great that uh, he's still around. I, I love the I love the Jack and Asons. Is uh, <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. Um, it, it's it's great that he's he's back in the limelight. And I think he went. Uh, uh, you could see on social media is with the past players. Um, there was a past players function. Um, obviously on Sunday, so I think he went to that, and it seemed like he had a great time catching up with uh, with the likes of uh, Rodney Grinter and others. So that would have been great for him, given that he's you know been out of the limelight for so long. Oh, it was just great seeing him um, and seeing those. I love the the highlight that they, not the highlight, the uh, stat that they showed. Uh, uh, 54 games uh, where they compared all the full forwards, uh, how many goals up to 54 games, and he blew them out of the water. I think he was 40 up on the the close, yeah. next closest. I think what gets forgotten is like he did mention that obviously his first game was a total bloody disaster. He kicked two goals. Um, his second game when he came back about seven or eight weeks later and played, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was against Adelaide at Football Park because I think there was a bit of, uh, you know, old school SANFL uh, baiting going on from the Adelaide fans. Uh, and that was a dud as well. He might have kicked one that night and he got dropped again after that. It, it was just such an explosive part of a season that, you know, the likes of which we, we hope to see again. Um, and he is definitely on my list of people I blame for uh, raping me into this <laughs> MFC lifestyle. <laughs> Um, he's not as guilty as Murray Renstead for not knocking Melbourne out of the finals <laughs> in 1988, but he's uh, he's certainly on the list. But I forgive him because he's given so much joy. He, he gave so much joy for about you know a season and a half, uh, and then we're all you know so bloody awestruck by that season and a half. We're, um, we're last still talking a, last about last it years later. What they didn't mention on the front bar when they were talking about uh, how many goals that he kicked in his, his short career was that period between the first game he played and coming back in the team, him kicking 60 goals uh, yep. in the twos. Uh, they didn't mention that. And that's, uh, I know it's the twos, but still, um, it's a lot of goals to kick in. Eight Correct. 120-odd, 130-odd <laughs> yeah. goals in a season. Yeah. It's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, it was great to see Djakovic uh, back in the limelight, and I'm happy that... Uh, we played a part in sort of uh, putting his name back out there. Uh, so, well done. Can I uh, say how disappointed I was as a 10-year-old that he didn't play in the 1991 Reserves Grand Final? Okay. I tuned in that morning it just thinking that, oh, well, of course, of course, they can, you know, they want to win a Grand Final, they'll bring Jacko back. Nah. Why didn't he play? What well, was the reason? <sighs> he was he injured was just, at the time? Or? I guess it was, I just, they just thought they were well beyond... At the point of uh, playing him in the in the reserves by that point, uh, it allowed George Gorazidis to uh, <laughs> to roll him for the reserves goal kicking that year. So, you know, not that I was not that I was looking at that at the time, but uh, and then we proceeded to go out and lose to the Brisbane Bears, which was uh, a great Melbourne disappointment. Ah, uh, yes. Um... So there was another thing this week. Um, they announced the squad for uh, the 22 under 22. Um, six days in, in that squad. 
Um, Oliver, because there's a shortage of squads. Oh, they love squads. This isn't there? I'm all for <laughs> I'm all for a squad that features uh, a lot of uh, Melbourne players in it. And what's telling um, is you know we had the six players. Oliver, who, who's in it? Oliver. Um, Brayshaw, Brayshaw, uh, Harms, Nibbler, um, Omac wasn't Tracker. in it this time. Oh, I don't think, uh, yeah, tra- Track was in it, and Fridge, uh, Fridge, and Fridge. yep, and Fritch. Uh, but uh, I heard uh, was there no Richmond players, no Richmond players, and why? Or no, two Tigers, two Richmond players, no Eagles. So. Top two teams, uh, you know, so I guess experience... I guess that's uh, where you're at at that yeah, point. exactly. Well, we haven't had a Rising Star nomination since about Clayton Oliver uh, because we, you know, you're obviously someone like Bailey Fritch is very unlucky to have not qualified for it, um, but it's because we, we're, we've we started to not have to rely on kids all the time. Yeah. So I tell you, Oscar McDonald, round 21, 2016 was our last one. 2016. So we got yep. none, none last year. No, ah, interesting. And I, I look. I reckon at times uh, there were a couple of games where uh, Spargo was probably a little bit unlucky. Uh, perhaps he's like he had. There were games where he had a couple of goals and some tackles and score assists and all that, but his possession count probably wasn't quite high enough. Uh, can't play four quarters yet. Yeah. So that's the, uh, yes, that's the 22 under 22. So well done to those six uh, demons. Uh, in <laughs> and that. what, what do they get? Is, what is, a huge is this team going to be compiled to play the <laughs> well, maybe, 22 over 22 or something? That would actually not be a bad idea. I'd, I'd watch that. <laughs> but I'd probably watch uh, almost anything that you put me in front. Do you think uh, the club will make a commemorative 22 under 22 Guernsey? <laughs> That they'll sell for three hundred and fifty bucks. Well, I've said on the demon shop. I, I said on Twitter this week that um, that if you purchased every um, every jumper uh, that the D's have played in this year, you you could start your own league because uh, there's been we're at North Melbourne levels of of alternative jumper. So we've we've got a new one uh, coming up uh, next. Well, not this week, the week after. Um, did you see that one? Uh, it's a heritage yes. type Guernsey. And, and is it if you bought it, you get your name on it? Yes, I believe so. What what a day to have your name on the Melbourne Football Club jumper! <laughs> well, it could be a good, great yeah. day. Don't you love the Don't you love the heritage of a huge sponsors logo? <laughs> yeah, they they whacked they whacked that on. Uh, it's quite prominent. Um, well, I guess you have to have that. Um, well, now we might just go back into depression mode. Uh, uh, Super Mercado, do you want to give us all the possible scenarios? How many, how many scenarios are there? Likely, well, likely, likely. We, oh, uh, I'll, I'll give you my scenario that I've got as likely. My likely scenario is that we finish 10th. And that uh, happens be, how? We behind, well, that's both. losing both games. Yep. That's um, Port Adelaide beating, losing to Collingwood, but beating Essendon. Yep. Um, that is Sydney losing to Hawthorne in the last game. So even then, that that keeps us relatively uh, close because I've got them coming ninth. Yeah. Uh, that's North beating Adelaide. Is, so that is that GWS is, beating Sydney? Yes. So I've got a sneaking yep. suspicion they'll knock off uh, GWS this week. Well, but, that's uh, very bad for us yeah, if they yeah. do that. Um, I've got 
I've still got North beating Adelaide, but I reckon that could go the other way, um, which would be good because it would piss Adelaide off, uh, piss North Melbourne off out of the conversation technical term um, once and for all um, because they're going to thrash St Kilda in the last round. Um, yeah, it's uh, obviously Hawthorne beats Hawthorne beats St Kilda this week. Hawthorne, I've got them beating Sydney next week, but again, that's not uh, that that's not um, you know a solid 100% result. But I think if Sydney win either of the next two, they go out of the conversation with us. Um, it, it comes down. Every time these teams win a game, it, we sort of go, go out of the conversation with them and it, it thins the field of people we're playing against. So we're just playing um, against Geelong's percentage? Is that? Yeah, well, that, well, that's one of the factors. If we win a game, yeah, if um, we, win a game. we win one of the next two. Uh, and it really doesn't matter which one, I think, because West Coast and GWS, neither of them will be against us. So winning one game vaults us to sixth on my ladder uh, and pushes North Melbourne out. Uh, but then if we factor in Adelaide beating North Melbourne, which is possible probable, then Port Adelaide come back in. Um, so, you know, Port, yeah, Port North, we're against both of them. We're against Geelong, but... I know they've got to make up a lot of percentage in these two games, but are we are we reasonably confident in any way that Fremantle are going to put up a uh, a decent bloody fight at Cadinia Park? Because um, mm. I'm not confident that Gold Coast are. No, Gold Coast will not. They will absolutely. If, from watching us play Gold Coast, Geelong will just and Geelong will know that they've got. They might need to uh, bump up their percentage. Yeah. So, well, I factored they, in Geelong uh, winning, beating Fremantle by seventy, and beating Gold Coast by one hundred and ten, and us losing to West Coast by twenty and GWS by thirty, and we still finish one percent ahead of Geelong. Mm. So, yeah. there's there's not a lot of margin. You know, we, we've talked all year. Oh, well, at least we've got the percentage. You know, that's going to save us in in a straight fight against another team. Well, it will save us in a straight fight against any team other than Geelong. I think. Oh, they're they're pretty wide parameters. That's, that's pretty unlikely for Geelong. They'll, they'll thrash one, but I can't see them thrashing both. To I think, to, uh, yeah, I'm more know, confident of Frio the, putting on a Ross Light special range. Um, well, so you know, if Frio hold it to a twenty point loss or something this week, that'll be almost as good as a win for us. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So. Uh, I haven't even been able to get my head around this, and I haven't done any of the um, the ladder predictors for this case. But people are saying we can make it on twelve wins. How is that possible? Port lose the both games. Port losing both. All right. Let me just. Oh, why do I have them beating Collingwood? Um, all right. So we lose both. Uh, but then Sydney have to lose. Does Sydney have to lose both? Uh, I'm confusing myself now. I don't know. We still come ninth in, with Port losing both and us losing both. Oh, I've confused myself. With who, 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 who are we meant to unseat? Because we've got to unseat two. We're unseating Port. Uh, yeah. Port, in my, my scenario, we've got where Port lose both. Port are 10th and we're 9th. And that and us losing both as well, 
So where I must have uh, Sydney winning. So we need to. No, that's even with Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, because Sydney's already a win ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, need, we, we would need Geelong to uh, lose Geelong. one well, of the next well, two. No, well. <laughs> Which is not going to happen. So, no. Okay, so. <laughs> no, we can't get just, in on that. Uh, let's no not wins. just factor in report in that case. <laughs> that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't help so us. Because Geelong. Someone, uh, much required. Yeah. Some, someone made a very good point in the game day thread. Uh, on the weekend that it all gets so confusing. They're asking, who are we barracking for today, Melbourne <laughs> or Sydney? <laughs> and it gets a bit like that. It's uh, uh, The permutations and combinations are too much for me. They overload my brain and uh, I'm not wired to, to handle that kind of information. So if we win one... Um... If we only win, if we win one, what can knock us uh, out? Uh, Port, win, Port winning two, Geelong winning two by well, Geelong plenty. Gonna, Geelong's going to win two, so. So if yeah, if we went up percentage. to fifty-two points now, Port Adelaide won both games. They'd be fifty-six. They'd be above us. So it's Geelong. Geelong it's Geelong. Percentage. Geelong would win two. They would be on the same points as us, so it yeah. would come down to percentage. And North, if North beat Adelaide and St Kilda, their percentage would be too far away. So they're not going to be a factor. North and Essendon are not a factor just because of the percentage. Um, but Port and Geelong. It's really um, just, fact- it's, it's, uh, it's Geelong. It's Ge- Geelong are the yeah. fa- fact. Geelong's percentage are, are, is the factor. But we could always, they, uh, could, they could go up on, from the ladder where it is now. We're seventh, Port's eighth, Geelong's ninth. If Geelong jumped us both, but we stayed above Port, yeah, okay, yeah. So it's because I've got you can have Port just uh, winning one, only one, and we and us winning one, and we make it ahead of them. Um, what I don't want is somehow Essendon to pull off a bullshit win against Richmond this week, <laughs> thus leaving potentially the Essendon Port game being either of them jumping us. Without us, if we lose both games, um, which we won't have lost the second game yet, but we, we'll be coming towards the second game. Yeah. Um, look. But what, anyway. you, what was your scenario? What was your scenario? You had a scenario where even our last game, it won't mean anything that uh, we won't be able to get in. Uh, I'm not seeing how. Uh, well, it's because we're the second last game. Y- yes. Yeah, so. But so, but uh, what I can't see what scenario. Might be riveting radio here while I try and do the uh, mental <laughs> arithmetic of working this out. Because uh, uh, the way I so see Geelong it, we're playing. Both, Geelong, we're let's playing. Say, to, let's say we lose this week. Yep. Port Adelaide win, beat Essendon. Yep. Or Port Adelaide beat Collingwood and Essendon. Yep. I'm Geelong happy, have beaten. Uh, I guess it, yeah. Okay. The only thing it it can't the game can't start with us being out, but it can start with us having to have a, a, a number of points that we have to beat GWS yes, by. Yes, yes, that's that's what I was getting but, at. It, it might we might need to claw back percentage to get Geelong. Correct. All right, so we're basically playing Geelong's percentage oh, <laughs> and Jesus a win. Christ, honestly, <laughs> like we we really yeah, we need Fremantle to do a a big Ross Lyon eighteen zero zero job. And just lose like sixty-two to seventy-eight or something, or forty-five to fifty, um, like that bizarre Port Adelaide game where they where they somehow knock them off. But I'll, I'll take a I'll take a narrow loss for the equation. But we really Didn't need Frio, Frio to put in the ballsy performance 
um, that they're probably not capable of this week um, to make it that yeah, I, I wouldn't entirely rule out Geelong pulling out a 186 job on Gold Coast in yeah, the last game, but it's unlikely. Um, yeah, and, and look, we we just got to win. It yeah. just goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still think it's going to come down sure. to win and in in the last game. Well, that's what I'm hoping, that it's not percentage. Um, although Freo, I am worried. That's why Freo North Melbourne did, losing to Adelaide push. this week will be so crucial. Freo did push Geelong at Cardinia Park last year, and actually it was the same week that we knocked off West Coast. Yeah, more memory. of the same, please, Freo. Yeah. Eve Ho. But you know what? Past results mean nothing. <laughs> exactly. It's like a super fun. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. All right, well, there, there we go. We're, to, we're in a percentage race with uh, Geelong, uh, as long as we win a game. Um, I'm... We did have a caller on the line. I had them uh, on on the line waiting, and they hung up. So if you do want to call back, uh, caller, please do so. Um, I'm I'm off to Perth uh, on Friday. Um, any uh, any advice um, how to survive in a hostile environment? Having disgraced myself at Cadinia Park, I'm probably not the best person to talk about. <laughs> Staying calm in in hostile environments, uh, but I, I am very, uh, I'm full of admiration for your uh, trip. I was about to call you, call your insane journey, but that that will uh, make you even more nervous. So I'm full of admiration for your trip. Well, I I have purchased tickets. I I went to one of those reseller ticket sites because I I do I didn't I didn't want to uh, rock up to the ground without a ticket, obviously. Um, but I also wanted really good seats at this uh, beautiful-looking st- stadium. It is, does look like a nice-looking stadium. Um, so I've bought tickets on on the wing, um, and I th- th- I paid a, quite a little bit uh, more than I would have liked to for a ticket, but I was quite happy to, to get a really good seat. Um, and I must, must be in amongst, uh, or like I'd be the odd man out, certainly, um, I'll be the. Uh, it seems like they're the type of tickets that um, uh, members only type <laughs> ticket that I've got. <laughs> so I'm really in enemy territory, um, and I hate it when you know. Uh, and Grapeviney, you'll you'll know we don't like it when there's opposition fans in our Melbourne only area. Um, did you notice there yep. was a little bit of a tete-a-tete on the weekend? I was very close to having words very as well. Early, very early on. Yeah, there was a... Was. Uh, where, where, uh, Grapeviney and I are in a, in a Melbourne-only uh, section. Well, it's not only. You can bring guests, guests in, uh, and it's generally frowned upon. <laughs> you shouldn't be able to bring bloody guests in. It's ridiculous. Well, if you do, they've got a... They've got to Sit not be lippy. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, they can't get lippy and barrack too hard. And I think that's the way I'll go into the game. And as I said on Demonland today, I'll, I'll sort of wait until um, I know that we can't possibly fluff it if we do get into a position where we're winning until I <laughs> might start. And I also said I'd make sure I could outrun <laughs> at least most well, of them. Well, you're nobody's guest, so you've, you've yeah. got a bit more... I think, scope to uh, go off your nut and be controversial. But if you're the person who brings someone in, yes, surely it is incumbent on you to say either before, mate, you're sitting in a Melbourne section, sit down, shut up, 
or just to not do it in the first place. You don't have to sit in your reserve seat. It's not a grand final. There's 50,000 seats free in the stadium. If you need to bring someone in who's not a premium member, especially if they follow another club, buddy, go and sit elsewhere. Queen's birthday, there was this, just this lone Collingwood bloke on the other side of my aisle in the, what am I, Red Legs area. Yeah. And he wasn't with anyone. And it's like, where did this numpty come from? Mm. And he's sitting there happily clapping every time they kicked a goal. And it's like, I don't even understand how this guy got in here, let alone why he's he, – it's like he took a wrong turn and accidentally walked in there and just thought he was in general admission. It was bizarre. But, yeah, oh, I, I don't even think they should be allowed to wear opposition colours in the <laughs> reserved areas. Wasn't there an issue uh, Melbourne Adelaide last year at Footy Park or whatever it's called these days? Um, Adelaide Oval uh, with Melbourne um, – Melbourne supporters in an Adelaide sort of only area. I can remember. I saw a kid something. of a, a video of a kid singing the song in like a in an in like middle of all these Adelaide fans. No, that was a video. I think of just a guy bought his son. Uh, I think, but there was just actually the there there was sort of a. Then there was also the the woohoo guy, the guy who woohoo. Yeah, was that was against old, Port a couple year. of years ago <laughs> over in Adelaide. Yeah, no, this was actually uh, some Melbourne uh, people were invited into a Adelaide function, and uh, I think caused a bit of a ruckus. And I think it's the same thing. I'm not just yeah. going to say just because it's Melbourne fans. Yeah. that's a yeah, good yeah. thing. You know, it's. Uh, I think if you're on the if you're on the terraces, if you're there with yourself, you know, go for your life. Um, but I think when you uh, you know you go as somebody's guest, it should be on them. I'm sure if you know, I, I'm not an MCC member, but I'm sure if you take someone as a guest into there and they make an absolute goose of themselves, that surely you're getting an email or a, a call or something saying, could you please not bring complete morons into our area next time. Um, or is that a fundamental misunderstanding of the MCG and you're not actually allowed to bring guests into the MCC? I don't know. But either way, um, you know, these these people, you've got to tell your mates to calm down um, and not disgrace themselves uh, amongst um, footy fans who are paying a premium price to sit somewhere, often to get away from opposition fans. Um, that's pretty much the only reason I sit there because the guaranteed grand final ticket's never going to bloody come into play. Um, and I've pretty much only sat – the only time I've sat there this year was Queen's birthday because I quite literally thought that is the only place I'll be able to go in the ground that is away from Collingwood fans. And then there's this clown in the aisle opposite me having the day of his life while we <laughs> bloody went down the toilet. It was ridiculous. Uh, yes, it is. Um, are you worried about the um, umpires on the weekend? I'm worried about them every week. Um, Great Viney, uh, West Coast umpires. They, the, uh, uh, what is that, the scream of affirmation or something? Well, I, I don't know if uh, you've yeah, seen... Well, I'm sure we'll get crucified. I don't know if you've seen the stats, but West Coast have an overwhelming uh, home ground advantage yep. in terms of free kicks from umpires. So um, we don't get the, the umpires in Melbourne, so <laughs> I can't imagine we're going to get it there. Just imagine this is the day that they, they the do weekend. the um, um, exception that proves the rule. Yeah. Great, Barney. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. thought we were a bit. I thought we were a bit clumsy on the weekend uh, with some of our tackling and uh, getting in the back. And yeah, I thought we didn't necessarily get the the run of the umpires, but more often than not, we deserved it. There were a couple that you know. Again, for me, it's all it's. 
often not the ones that get paid. Uh, it's the ones that don't get paid. And uh, a few times they didn't dispose of the pool properly in my eyes. Um, none of them were paid. I saw one ripping throw in the last quarter by one of our players. It was one of the most blatant throws you'll ever see in your life. Because uh, when I when I had a bit of a tantrum at the Sydney goal at the end of the third quarter, I shifted from the Ponsford to the Olympic via the Cluedo-style pathway that they have on the top level that bypasses the MCC. Uh, and I, I ended up in a perfect position to see this. I can't remember who it was, but they basically just rugby passed it out of a pack. And because it was facing the boundary line, they got away with it. Mm. These things so that was something that went right for us. That, uh, that, that little um, walkway that, uh, that connects the Olympic to the Ponsford. I can't believe it took me so many years of There's like a mezzanine-level stairway. Mm. Yeah, and I only found it because I was – I think we were losing, not surprisingly, <laughs> at one point last year and I was skulking around. I was in the Olympic stand to start with for some reason. I was skulking around angrily and I thought, I'm just going to walk up this staircase and see where it goes. And next thing I'm like, bloody hell, I'm in the Ponsford stand. This is the <laughs> – yeah, it is like Cluedo where you just go from yep. one end of the uh, house to the other. Um, the uh, MSVB in the chat room has said how many seven metre kicks were paid marks, and that's another one of my uh, one of my little peeves at the moment. Um, there's a lot of Every really week short kicks you that see are being that everywhere. paid. Yeah, uh, and it's not just Melbourne games. I've, I've seen it in a number of games I've watched on TV. And then they'll randomly yep. just ping one I'm that's perfect on that one. distance and call play on. Yeah, uh, umpires. Yep. Um, anything else, boys? Uh, anything I've missed? Anything you want to bring up? I'm hoping for the best. Yeah. Hoping for the best. Fingers crossed. That's best. all. I really wish it was earlier than 3.20 Sunday PM, Sunday afternoon. Yep. Like, can we just can we just not get this over with on Saturday afternoon or something? Because I'm not sure I can, I can, I can enjoy the rest night. of my weekend yeah. knowing that this is the uh, going to effectively be the final act of my weekend and possibly the final act of my season. Well, that's why I'm going to Perth because it'll be one twenty for me. It'll be a nice early game. Yep, <laughs> and you can just walk back across the uh, Nullarbor if it all yeah. goes horribly wrong. That's what I will be doing. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's all, boys. Um, uh, Super Mercado, you want to uh, plug uh, plug your stuff? That's a reasonably yes. reasonably positive note to finish it on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, walking back across the desert. Um, well, you can get the blog while while it's still uh, Active, hot, yes. fresh, and relevant. Uh, demonblog.com. Uh, you can get the historical uh, bonanza at demonwiki.org. That will, of course, not be going anywhere. Um, and that that is, of course, something that I can just uh, tinker with any time. I'm I'm currently uh, doing some '80s newspapers and putting information in about that. Uh, and, of course, the the book, if you'd like to uh, read about other times when the Melbourne Football Club has uh, let you down and stabbed you in the back, um, although I, I would actually say the weekend was more of a stab in the front because I could see it coming from a mile away. <laughs> um, I've got a few copies in stock now. I've just received them hot off the presses from Amazon. So um, there's links to that on, on demonblog.com and demonwiki. Is there any chance of an addendum uh, for for that book? <laughs> well, see, I, I always said that I would do the next one at five seasons because ten seasons was just too much. It's it's literally, oh, like I think I said to you guys the first time I was on, it's oh, I'm pretty confident that it's the longest sports book in the world ever written. Um, 
So I said I'd do five years or if we won a flag. Um, now, obviously, I'm preparing to do five years. But, Jesus, the first two chapters will be absolute sizzlers um, last year and this year. So who knows where it's going after that. Um, but, no, I'm not. It's like the uh, the famous list of misfortunes that have befelled the Melbourne Football Club that uh, I posted about four years ago um, that occasionally – seems to rear its head every time something goes wrong you'll start seeing you'll start seeing it getting linked again and everyone's always like when are you gonna update it when are you gonna update it it's like i'm not updating it that was a snapshot in time you can all put together your own disasters from 2015 to 2018 um i don't want to revisit them and there's so many like little things that will have been forgotten um that you know, it's it's not just the big things. It's not just the round twenty threes and the, you know, losing to Sydney with no one left on the bench. Uh, it's all the little things as well um, that'll be forgotten by now. So I, I don't want to tackle that. I'm just leaving that list alone. Um, but I guarantee you, at some point, someone will come to you and say, "Oh, have you seen this before?" And it'll be the great list because um, it just seems to bob up every few months again. Well. Now I feel like we've uh, ended on a sour note. Uh, I could do a list again. of all the good things that have happened. <laughs> it won't a, be a long list. It'll be a little pamphlet. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like when Jeff Farmer kicked nine goals in the second half like, and, and not much more after that. It'll just be a picture of Alan Jacobich. <laughs> yeah, and with me saying, I blame this man for, for you know, I, I was sort of – a half-assed fan until he came along, and then I was uh, thrown into the mix forever. So, <laughs> thanks, Jacko. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, that is uh, another uh, edition of uh, the Demonland podcast in the can. So, uh, if you'd like, uh, if you'd like to, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, We'd like that, or, or four stars, or if you're really depressed, three or two, <laughs> something. Um, other other places you can get us, demonland.com, obviously, uh, at demonland on Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash demonland31 on Facebook and Instagram, we're demonland31. And with that, we'll play some lovely 80s tunes uh, to take us out. Simpler times. Yep. Simple times it is. All right, guys. Uh, we'll be back uh, next next week. Uh, hopefully, uh, hearing my tales of uh, survival of a trip to Perth. <laughs> All right, go days. <laughs>